Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 79th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast. It's a spooky edition of it because, yes, I had to say that because I'm a dad and this is what I do for a living. But this is a really cool show because we have a massive horror Halloween panel with two debuts, two great returns, and Al Manorino. So we are here talking about Halloween. Happy Halloween, everyone. I hope you have all your candy and costumes ready to go. I will once again be a taco this year, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, Where's the taco? That's my daughter. She'll be the uh, extra person on this podcast. It's probably in the closet over there, but please don't pull it out. That place is a mess. So I know it's right there. Uh, So like I said, I am Bill Bodkin returning uh, from his stay in the uh, Overlook Hotel is my co-host, Mr. Al Manorino. Buddy, it's the spookiest time of year. What are you going to be for Halloween this year? And most importantly, what is Parker going to be for Halloween? Yeah, so uh, last year, Parker really didn't want anything to do with Halloween outside of eating candy, but we dressed up as the Bluey family. Um, God bless. But th- uh, this year, he's super into Halloween, hasn't stopped talking about it, uh, is obsessed with seeing decorations, and we are going to go as uh, Monsters, Inc., uh, my wife is going to be Mike Wazowski. I will be Sully. And uh, that's Sully from Monsters, Inc., not Sully Sullenberger, the guy who landed the plane. Oh, um, I was hoping. Yeah, you would, I know. <laughs> exactly. that, would, that would be really great if he went as that Sully. I was like, like I'm obviously <laughs> I'm Sully. Sully. I'm obviously. Sully, guys. Um, Parker is going as Boo. And then uh, we found some, like, random monster costume. These are all, like, knockoff costumes, by the way. So it's going to be, like, monsters company not like monsters inc um but uh, hops, will be, hops will be dressed as a, a some sort of monster as well so it's gonna be wow. a, a nice family costume once again as we know your corby is a monster at all times i think my kneecap still has his bite marks my kneecap has his teeth mark on it um okay but now we're entering the black lodge with our guests because this is this one's a large one first let us introduce one of the original staff members of the popbreak.com, the horror editor of the popbreak.com, and someone I know pretty well because she's my cousin, Anne Hale. Welcome to the Socially Distanced Podcast. It only took us like two years. I'm so glad we finally got you on. Hey, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. Finally. And um, <laughs> you are, Hollow, this is your time. You're, you're, living, you're living your best life right now. Um, Al has just become Al of the dead right now. Al has become a force ghost. Um, I think so he's going to be around. Um, what are you, are you dressing up for Halloween this year, Ann? Jenny and I are the same thing every year. She's Michael Myers and I'm Ghostface. God damn. Of course, if, if Jenny wants to join this podcast, she is everyone's favorite. So bring her <laughs> on. She'll probably be like hammered and be like, ah, let me tell you about her. Yeah. We were drinking a little bit before this, so. Wait, listen, we we uh, we appreciate encourage libations on this podcast, and making his return to the podcast while he may be drowning his sorrows for his Washington football team, which is just as equally as bad as Al and mine, New York Giants, as well as the absolute garbage dumpster heap fire that is his fantasy football team in our pop break league this year. Shockingly, <laughs> we're bringing him back because he is. Been- Hey, buddy. Uh, listen, you didn't play against Derrick Henry's three touchdowns this week, so I would have lost with a 130. Uh, so he has been dying to talk about horror on this podcast and on the pop break. 
Ben Murchison, the king of bangers and bops, is back. What's up, pal? Not much. Thanks for the intro. And clearly you've been reading my uh, Twitter feed and what a horror that is. <laughs> I tried to I, therapy. I feel, like I, I feel like I want to hug you at all times because this football yeah. season is hurting you so much on an emotional level. Uh, ben, what are you and the fiancé going to be for Halloween this year? Uh, we're not going to be dressing up. We're actually going to go to a cabin in the woods and watch horror movies. So. Oh, well, so this is Ben's last known transmission. Yeah, so good it. knowing you, pal. <laughs> uh, whew, wow. I now am just scared for your life. Uh, making his debut all the way from glamorous Las Vegas, Nevada. He has written so much horror on the site, including the uh, oft-forgot series Scream Queens on Fox, uh, and has a hell of a lot of great top 100. I think you did a top 100 zombie uh, piece before us one time. I did this, like, basically ripped off A&E and did the scariest movie moments. But well, don't tell them that, just in case I get sued. Oh, trust me. Come on. There's so many things I could say about that. Uh, he is Mr. Tommy Tracy, buddy. Been wanting to have you on forever. Glad to finally get you on the podcast. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm very excited. And, and what you and your fiance going to be for Halloween? Uh, we are going to be uh, Freddie and Jason. So kind of going the uh, the and route with, with horror icons. We're doing like a, uh, a dating Freddie and Jason. And last year, the wrestling fans, we did a uh, kind of homoerotic Kevin Nash and Shawn Michaels. So we're going we're to keep going with those those themes. I mean, so you just mean a regular Kevin Nash and Shawn Michaels. So. Exactly. Listen, we, we celebrate. Our love is love and we celebrate everyone here. <laughs> and finally, coming from us from the depths of hell known as Tom's River, New Jersey, one of our favorite people, Kelly McGovern. Welcome back, dude. Hi, everybody. It's glad to be back. You, of like you like like everyone on this podcast living your best horror and goth life right now. Mm-hmm. So let's this is my get, season. This is your season, and after that, you just turn into a husk and fade away into the ether for another year. I wish we all could do that, uh, but that's neither here nor there. And yes, I have been drinking for the podcast, so we're good to go. Let's start talking about horror. Let's talk about the impetus of your horror fandom uh outside of al and i we are not the horror guys here but these four wonderful people we have brought on this podcast love horror and they're going to talk so wonderfully about it while al and i will be like here's a bad joke so let's talk about your beginnings of horror what was that movie and who was that person that really got you into it and i probably already know the answer to this so i'm going to start with you first you you do know the answer to this. Answer. I'm gonna skirt around it real quick though. Like to start, um, my first horror movie was Nightmare on Elm Street Two. Still my favorite in the series. I don't care what anybody says; it's the best. Um, terrified me. What number? Is, which what number is the song "Dream Warriors" and by Dawkins? Three. <sighs> bad. Um, oh, it's bad, but that song is just a it's Dawkins. Bob, come on, right, Ben? Uh, Banger. But who I think is the scariest one? messed me up as a kid i was five couldn't couldn't stomach horror forever terrified um until scream obviously scream um because it showed you know i mean it was it came in a time where we had already had what like what did we have like six halloweens at that point right yeah um 
like eight Friday the 13th. There had been like eight Nightmare on Elm Streets. It was just these scary um, and like overdone sequels. And then you get Scream and it's funny and it makes fun of itself. And it, it, it just, it showed that horror could be different. I actually uh, thought you were going to say The Nightmare Before Christmas, but... Nightmare Before Christmas isn't horror. Well, it's 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 Halloween-tinged, so... Oh, well, I mean, before, before Nightmare Before Christmas, though, I was reading, like, Goosebumps and, you know, getting in, I was into all of that stuff, but Scream was my horror movie. That was the one that got me, like, really into horror. Um, Washington football team, Ben... What got you? I did. Sorry, I didn't have a good transition. Uh, what was what the person or movie that got you most into the horror genre? Uh, yes, I was also about five uh, and I saw it in theaters and it's terrifying to this day. Uh, Ernest Scared Stupid. Uh, I don't know if you've watched it recently. I don't know if it holds up at all. But, uh, I was. No, I thought you were going to say I was five when Scream came in. I was like, whatever. I was in high school. And Sophie's in the background. Um, As a a child, that movie was so terrifying. The troll is way too scary for kids at that age. I vividly remember uh, children crying in the theater and like leaving with their parents. And uh, there's like a scene where a little girl is like in the bed and uh, she thinks like, the troll is, is under the bed. So she kind of rolls over to like look underneath because there's some noise there, but then she doesn't see it. Ah, relief. And then rolls back in bed and the troll is in the bed staring at her. And it's just, uh, it's terrifying. So uh, that traumatic moment, yeah. watching an earnest movie, you're like, guess what? Horror for life. Right. Well, yes, I guess. Uh, I, that was kind of my origin story, I guess you could say. And then I, I rebounded after that with some other ones. And I worked in a video store. And so I just started watching everything. Uh, but that was that was the first. Um, Al, you still with us? Is the ghost of Al Manorino still in the room? Should I do a seance? I am still with you guys. Oh, thank um, God. I, I, my powers, my um, powers still work. I um, was never I was never a fan of horror um, when I was younger because my sister, my older sister, and my older cousins um, were, and they were, like, getting into it. And uh, I'm pretty sure Ben is in a horror movie because I just saw his lights go out. <laughs> that was great. I'm, um, I'm still frightened that Ben is going to a cabin in the woods. And yeah, like, yeah, we're yeah. on the he 40th anniversary of Evil Dead, and you're going to a cabin in the woods. You're you're dead. I just binge watched those movies too because I've never really seen some of them in the show. So. What a bad <laughs> idea. Films there where you live. Was that Evil Dead 2 was filmed out in Charlotte? Yeah. There you go. Well, um, I just have this, I have this vivid memory of being in like one of those like murder, like um, vans that fit like 20 people. My aunt used to have and had like a TV in like the, on like the, you know, like a VCR or DVD player. I think it was probably VCR at at that time, but they were watching scream. And I remember just hiding like all the way in the back and like being terrified. So I hated horror movies for like the longest time. And then when I started dating uh, my wife, I know she was like, Oh, I want to see this. I want to see that. So I kind of like inched my way forward to like watching like more thrillery things, but not necessarily horror. I think like the closest I can get to like watching like a actual horror movie is like the conjuring, I think. Uh, oh, if that oh, no, oh duh, you did well. You just triggered Anne and she wants to die now. Uh, yeah. yeah, I just never got into like the, the, the murdery stuff. I just I don't know. 
that's just how it is. So I, I've really veered into like horror comedies. Like Shaun of the Dead was like an awakening for me. Even uh, obviously, as you can see, my name is Alex Dead. It's my favorite movie of all time. Um, and just seeing kind of like people play with the genre. You know, we, we've talked like Cabin in the Woods and stuff like that. Like I'm a big fan of, I guess, more like thriller suspense stuff and then things that kind of just like either poke fun or pay homage to the genre without being like overtly, you know, Horror, I guess. Same for me. Uh, the movie for me would be Army of Darkness. Uh, I remember seeing that and be just becoming obsessed with it because it is a horror movie in some respects, but it's very much a comedy. And, and it like there is some there's some freaky moments in it, but like as I have a six year old blasting me with a like a pop gun <laughs> behind my head, uh, this is going to be this podcast. It's off the rails, uh, but I loved it because there is some really great monster stuff in it and. Um, some crazy moments where, especially where Bruce Campbell becomes many Bruce Campbells and, uh, and then, you know, it gets, it gets wild from there. And of course it's just hilarious. So I, I that's how I got it. And again, showing up the dead was a big one for me. And when I started dating my wife, she's like, Oh no, you're going to dive deep into all of it. And my favorite horror movie story of all time is I, I watched paranormal activity with her, the first one. And of course, if you don't know this about, it's about a husband and wife, the wife gets possessed and we're living in my apartment in down the Jersey shore. No one's, no one's in the town essentially. And I'm just laying there in bed, trying to go to sleep. And all of a sudden my wife dead asleep looks over me and goes, <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my God, she's possessed. I'm going to die. And I didn't sleep at all. So from there I have seen the classics, but for me, I, I lean more towards horror comedy myself. Kelly, you are you love the independent. I know you're an independent horror fan as well as a regular horror fan. What who got you into horror movies, and uh, what was the movie that got you into that kind of was your gateway drug? So um, you know, growing up, I did watch a lot of uh, the TCM uh, styled horror stuff. Lots of like Vincent Price with my uh, grandpa. Lots of that fun stuff. But I would say the true gateway that terrified me into loving the genre would be The Shining. Um, I saw that at uh, either seven or eight years old, and I had to beg to see it um, because all my cousins had seen it two years prior. (laughs) So I wasn't going to be outdone. Um, So as long as I didn't wake my parents up, I could watch The Shining. And so I bravely sat there through the scary naked lady in the bathtub. And um, I've been hooked ever since. So uh, I absolutely love every facet of the genre from, you know, hauntings to thrillers to mysteries and, you know, everything in between. I think it's a fantastic question to ask people what your favorite horror is and what scares you because everybody has a different outlook as to what a scary thing is tommy what's the uh what was the movie and who was the person right so it was my brother and my cousin uh, who were about six years older than me and there's a video store right around the corner and for a dollar you could rent up to 20 or for you could rent a movie for a dollar each movie up to 20 movies so they would just go to the horror section. That is the greatest and, um, video yeah. store of all time. Oh, yeah, video store. 
Uh, it was called Family Video in Buena Park, California. It was the best video store ever. And so they would just go to the horror section and pick out whatever the coolest looking ones were and bring them home. The first one I remember watching was at about five and it was Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, which scared the crap out of me. Um, it's not so scary now in my 30s, but as a five-year-old, um, just everything about that movie was horrifying. Uh, and just, I needed to look away, but look at the screen at the same time. And everything they brought home, I watched. But they also snuck me in the theater at six to see Scream when it came out. You were uh, six when that came out. Six when that came out, yeah. And my, uh, I did not sleep for a week. My mom thought there was something physically wrong with me, and I could, we couldn't tell her why <laughs> I wasn't sleeping. But I did not. And then, you know, as I get older, I realized that that movie's not scary, really, as much as it was when you're six. But sneaking into that at six was was horrifying. So, Tom, I'm just gonna we're gonna go for this next question. Is just you you love horror. Why do you love horror? Because that's something for me. I don't love to be scared. I don't. I don't love to not sleep at night and be in fear of stuff. I can still think of Haunting of Hill House in certain parts and just sit there in the middle like go, oh, God, why did that happen? You know, you know, amongst other things, uh, you know, the world, my job, everything else. Uh, but regardless, that, you know, that's still very scary, more scary than those by a small margin. Uh, so what is Bahar that you love? That keeps uh, I think it's the, the fear of the unknown, really. Like, you don't know what's going to happen, whether it be a slasher film, a paranormal film, possession, anything like that. You just, these are kind of things that can be realistic, but are out of the norm, out of the norm. So you look at them in a way like, what would I do if this happened to me? Would I make that choice? Everyone likes to joke and say like, oh, she ran up the stairs. or Oh, she tripped. Of course they did. I'm very awkward. If I'm running, I'm probably going to fall down. Um, and it just reminds me of situations I would be, or decisions I would make in situations like that. Um, would I fight back against the killer? Halloween to me is the scariest movie of all time. And it's just a dude in a mask who walks around the neighborhood. That is horrifying. We will be talking about that very, very shortly. Uh, I'm just going to go in order of how the uh, Zoom bricks are in. Uh, bricks, Jesus Christ. Screens are in be uh, Big Ben brand um, instead of Big Baller brand. I don't know if anyone got that but me. Uh, what is it about horror that keeps bringing you back? I get a new intro every time you refer to me. I like uh, that better. Every, every time I'm going okay. to do this. I, the Murchison of Venice is going to be the next time around. Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, hard. I mean, uh, kind of similar to what Tommy was saying. I, I worked in a video store, so we had the same thing. It was like a dollar. We could only get five at a time, but uh, she could take on whatever. So I, there. Yeah, I know, right? They're still free. I, but I went through like all the different horror series. So I watched all the Friday the Thirteenth, all like the Nightmare on Elm Street, all the Halloweens, um, and slashers kind of became my my favorite genre specific of, of horror. But then it became more niche. Like everybody's talking about Scream being their, you know, favorite or what really got them into it. And for me too, like I was, I was older, I guess I was 10 or 11 when I came out, but that was definitely the first one that I loved. And I saw you close your eyes again. Um, it's better than six. It's be it is better than six. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the mystery element of it was uh, really cool. Like trying to figure out who the killer is. So not just specific slasher, like, you know, Friday the 13th, you know, Halloween, but the, uh, the mystery element of trying to figure out who the masked person is that's terrorizing the town. That's uh, that's kind of my favorite piece of it. And so that's why Scream is the, the best series for me of films. Kelly. 
What was the yep. question? Oh, sorry. Uh, horror. Why do you love it? Why do you keep going back to it? Um, I love it because of the conversations that come out of it. Um, just every movie has a different talking point and you could write just a synopsis on everything, um, you know, in terms of like religious horror, um, gender horror, uh, you know, um, it, it just, it's, it's so deep. Uh, and that's one of the things that I absolutely love about it. Um, and why I keep coming back to it. I just, I think it's probably one of the most inclusive communities to talk about in entertainment. That's interesting. What, uh, I, it, could you go a little deeper into that? Because I, and I saw you shaking your head there too. So why, why is it like, cause I'm not in the horror community, so I can't say like, I am like entrenched in this. Why, why is it one of the more inclusive communities out there? Um, I would say for, for people of color, for queer people, um, you know, and everybody, you know, who, whoever felt kind of different or out of place, I think it offered sort of a, a shelter for, you know, everybody that just kind of said like, well, we're the weirdos too. So if all the weirdos just kind of get together and have a community to talk about, um, you know, the trauma that they've gone through and like expose it in such a fantastical way uh, that might be entertaining to some, but like, you know, if it's, if it's a media that people could consume under the guise of, oh, this is entertainment, but then their eyes get opened up to the greater issue that this movie is kind of trying to bring forward. Um, I would say like, that's the biggest part of that community, um, let alone the amount of uh, creatives that are just a part of it that are really, you know, movie makers, artists uh, that just are trying to, you know, get each other a leg up in this world. So I, I really feel like it can often be, seem like it's the most dismissed genre, but it really, I think is such a building block. It's so important to every other facet of entertainment. And what Kelly said, cause you were shaking her head. Yes. During a lot of this, what, how do you feel about what Kelly was just saying right there? No, I can, I completely agree. <clears throat> Horror is the perfect place for misfits. It is. That's why we're all here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what, what, and, but for you personally, what is uh, the reason you keep going back? Like, I know you as, besides being my cousin, like, I know you as being this, this horror, like, this is your thing. Like, people who don't know, like, your your house, now, welcome, congratulations on I mean, my house, is, like, literally covered in horror stuff constantly, you know what I mean? So, when I, I, I was texting when I was in Salem, you know, talking about stuff like that, like, what is it about horror that like keeps bring, that you love? Um, initially, it was kind of like a a way to get over a trauma. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know it, but when I was twelve, I was um, a victim of an attempted kidnapping. Attempted kidnapping. I knew that. Uh, so from that. You know, you get all these people that just kind of like want to hold your hand. You know what I mean? They like want to baby you. Um, and horror is kind of like an escape. It's more, it, it's like less terrifying, you know, than what you've gone through. But you can see other people going through 
horrible things as, as well. And you see them get through it and you get this final girl that like survives and she's such a badass and it kind of like inspires you to be a badass. You know what I mean? Um, so that's part of it. Uh, the other thing I really like about it is that horror, I think is like the most original genre. You know, it's so creative. I know you, I see you making that face, but like, like I wouldn't know because I agree. And I agree. Yeah. This is going to be one of my questions I got to have later because I agree, but like, because I see so many sequels that come from it. So it's just like, well, like the horror, the always, the first one is always like that one, you know, that's so yeah. original, like Freddy Krueger, Jason, like Michael Myers. And then it's just like, now we're in movie nine. You know what I mean? Yeah, in movie nine, you have these really creative kills. That's you know what I mean? Like they, All right. We're, gonna come back, we're coming back to that. I gotta, I wanna, I'm going to come back to that for sure. For sure. Um, Al. See, Al's falling asleep. Or he's betting on sports right now. Um, By the time you get to me, I forget the question. No, no, no. I'm going to ask you a different question. Oh, good. Yeah. So the my question is, like me, you're not someone who, grew, like the rest of the panel, grew up with horror. You know what I mean? You kind of have eased into it with, you know, horror, you know, the comedy. And then because your wife's like, I want to watch this. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, you do because you make your, I know you make your wife watch a lot of stuff that she doesn't want to watch. Um, how have you grown to appreciate horror? Just because mm-hmm. not coming from a horror fan, like everyone else from a young age. Yeah, I think I think the the horror elements that I gravitate towards are, you know, what Anne said, the originality of some of the stories and, you know, what, you know, what Tommy was kind of talking or alluding to is just like, you know, the feeling of being scared is pretty interesting. It's I guess the things that I associated with horror for a long time were like violence and I, I don't necessarily think you need it and 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 more of the over the top stuff and i say over the top i'm talking about the 30 halloween films and jason you know friday the 13th movies i just i, I don't know why but I, I cannot appreciate those though seeing the trailers for the new halloween movies is like oh it's i'm appreciating that because they're you know trying to emulate what was magical about like the first few movies. Right. So I think like I can have an appreciated appreciation towards that as like a film buff, as someone who just enjoys movie making. But I just, when it comes to horror, it's really the suspenseful stuff and just interesting concepts that I gravitate towards and not necessarily like the, you know, the gore, the violence, the torture, you know, I know that's more of a subgenre than anything else, but it's just like, I just, my childhood is just so like, I guess, uh, warped from that, that I've never kind of wanted to even dive into it. For me, um, it's, I do love, as Anne, you were saying, the originality of like, like the, the first films, like just the premise of them. Like so much, so much that comes from it is so cool. Um, but for me, the, the the part that's really frightening is the films that you could you feel like could take place in every day. Like if you watch like and this is such a random poll. I'm sorry for pulling this. Like if you watch from dusk till dawn, 
It's a vampire film. It's absurd. It's absurd. There's, it's not scary because it's just like, first off, I'm not going to Mexico to uh, a strip club uh, because, especially there, because I'm already afraid for my life because that just feels like I'm either, I'm going to end up dead. Much like Ben going to a cabin in the woods on Halloween night. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, but when it's stuff like Halloween, when it's stuff like the first paranormal activity, when it's something like The Shining or Poltergeist, where it's set in a realistic area, a time and a place where you're like, oh my God, this probably won't happen, but this has the ability to happen. That's what scares the shit out of me. And that's also what draws me in. And that's what like a lot of stuff with the Mike Flanagan stuff that I, I will talk about later. It's just like, yeah, like I could see this happening. Okay. Yeah. Some of it's absolutely ridiculous and won't happen. Stub stuff from midnight mass, probably not going to happen. But just like the horror associated with certain things around it, you're like, oh my God, I could really see this happening. Now, if you pardon me for one second. So go brush your teeth. So sorry, I had to tell a six-year-old to go brush your teeth. Um, yeah, that means you, six-year-old. So what we're going to go talking to next, we've mentioned this, uh, this film franchise as well as the movie itself. The big horror release that happened last weekend, because I... Um, is Halloween Kills, which was released in theaters and on Peacock two weeks ago from this um, by the time this airs, which will air two days before Halloween. So, guys, Halloween Kills. Everyone but Al, I think, has seen this movie. Al, you have not seen this movie, right? Correct. All right, you can take a siesta if you want. Do you have any interest in seeing this film? Yeah, I, I think I think I do. I just because I, I like the creative talent involved. I yeah. do want to see Halloween and Halloween Kills, um, and just I think Jamie Lee Curtis is a rock star who is super underappreciated um, right now. So, a national treasure. A national treasure. Um, but yeah, I kind of love seeing um, these like super strong female uh, characters get like a second chance of being awesome again um and i would definitely want to see that for that reason because it looks like i don't know it's kind of like turning the tables on um on the originals while well, while like honoring it at the same time well this is not jamie lee curtis's first time around i think this is her uh someone correct me i know she was in halloween one halloween two a Halloween Resurrection, H2O, Halloween, yeah. and it ha- so this would be her sixth time around as Lori. If you count a small cameo on Halloween 3. Well, I will <laughs> count that. I will count that. So her seventh seventh time around as Lori Strode. So Al, I do recommend, as someone who saw the first Halloween that, written uh, by Danny McBride, I, it's a quick watch. It's a lot of fun, and I think you'll you'll definitely enjoy it. And then you can go right into Halloween Kills. Oh, that is available on, I believe both are available on Peacock right now. So, guys, Halloween Kills. Um, I enjoyed the first. Uh, so I'm going to go first because I also want to uh, refresh in a beverage or two. The fir- I enjoyed the first Halloween uh, penned by McBride and company. Uh, I really enjoyed um, the Laurie Strode is essentially Sarah Connor. And she has been preparing for for Judgment Day. And Skynet is coming. And Skynet, by the way, is Michael fucking Myers. So he's coming and she's ready for him. 
and I love it. And the ending of that film, Al, um, earmuffs for a second. Um, the ending of that film where the house is on fire and they are screaming. No, is one of my favorite endings of a film of the last decade. I love that ending. I don't know if I love Halloween Kills. Because to me, a lot of it was the mob. Basically, for people who don't, who have, if you haven't seen, spoiler alert, this is going to be go on, is Michael Myers doesn't die at the end of Halloween. uh, And the and then um, oh Christ, I forgot the name of the 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 care Tommy Doyle and company uh, find out Michael Myers is still alive and a mob is going to go after Michael Myers and they're going to kill him. Uh, I was kind of like it was kind of a commentary on how a disorganized mob doesn't always get their person, and you could take that from whatever political spectrum you want if you wanted to. Um, I liked it. It's not a bad movie, but I didn't. I know people who love this movie. I just thought some of it was a little like, what are you doing, you idiots? But also maybe I'm being too harsh. And that's how real people would act in a situation when confronted with a monster. What say you panel? Kelly, I'm going to start with you first. Tommy, I would like you to go after her next. And I always say that so I can go get more whiskey in my blood veins. So please <laughs> tell me what you thought about the premise of Halloween Kills and ultimately your thoughts on the sequel. And uh, we have one more movie to go. Okay. Well, um, I uh, was basically in line with the, uh, I guess, my thoughts on the mob. I think it would have been interesting had this uh, premiered at a different time, because I think the takes on, you know, the whole mob mentality part of it would uh, maybe be a little bit different. Um, But I am really happy for how much of a Judy Greer we got in this movie, because I love her. Um, And that ending was something. But uh, I don't know. I really don't know where they're going to go with the next installment. And this is supposed to be the final installment, correct? So it's got to take Halloween ends. Mm-hmm. That's crazy that, um, that they were able to do three of these. Like, and it seemed pretty close, like pretty close after the, the Rob Zombie films. Like what, what did you guys, cause Bill's not here. I'm going to kind of just take over for a second, but um, I, I'll, I'll start with Ben. Like, you know, these are two reboots pretty close to each other in terms of time. Um, you know, why, why do you think, you know, the new ones are, you know, better potentially. I, I just, just what I've seen from, you know, um, general reactions is that these are like better. What, what was, I guess the difference between and why do you think one or the other is better? I love when Al hosts. It's so wonderful. Just jumped in. Sorry. It's refreshing. Well, I think the new ones like are what they are because they have Jamie Lee Curtis's involvement, and that's pretty much everything that you need uh, yeah. to, to add to it. I mean, I personally, I don't know how everybody else felt about it, but I liked H2O, and if it ended there, that would have been fine with me, but I know that you know these make money, and they have a built-in audience, so of course they want to continue to try to make them, you know, however, but I think bringing her back, and you know, I know Halloween has like so many different timelines, if everybody's seen like the, the chart that you can follow for the different things that are going on with the, the series, but uh, bringing her back makes a, a huge difference. Um, 
I did like, you know, the last one, Halloween. And then this one was entertaining for me. I don't necessarily like it as much as the previous, uh, mostly just because it does feel like kind of that setup to the next film, which is fine. You have to kind of get there. But the the mob aspects, uh, I mean, it does breed the uh, evil dies tonight chant that they roll with, which was kind of fun and entertaining. And I, I liked, you know, having Tommy and having not just him, but a lot of all the other characters brought in and the blending of the old and the, the new uh, with this film it was cool to see them brought back. Obviously, you know, spoiler alert, but probably not too much. A lot of them get taken out uh, in this one in very, very uber violent ways, uh, which the brutality of this one seemed probably more so than, than a lot of the others. Uh, not sure how many times you need to plunge a knife into somebody's back repeatedly, but that was kind of interesting just to watch that. Uh, take one off of the shelf. Every single thing out of the block is going into that dude's back. Um, but I, I mean, thought, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, but I was going to say is that, you know, obviously Laurie Strode's character kind of takes a back seat in this one. Um, and that's probably because she's going to be, you know, the the main character in the next one and kind of close things out as she should. And I've read some things uh, which we we'll have to get into about how, you know, the next one's supposed to jump ahead a little ways. And it's not going to be one of those you know, pick up right after type deals. But um, this one felt like a setup, not quite as good as the last one, but I'm hoping for a, a really strong third and final installment with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's involvement. I really love the deep fake with Loomis. Like I thought like bringing him in like the early part, I thought there's it was all, so there's all practical effects too. There's no CGI whatsoever. None. It was all makeup. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> was this like mission impossible where they just had like the, the, the masks because like it, it was like, I just watched the, um, I think it was Halloween. Christ. It was on AMC. I think it was like Halloween. What happens? Or uh, it was the one where, um, there's a there there he's he ends up parking in a, like a gas station and Michael's there and like the so it's Halloween five. five yes oh yeah because what's your your one of your favorite actually Cookie Woman yes that one uh so that so that's it and like it looks like Donald Pleasance it's like I so I don't know how they don't deep fake it like kind of like or de-age like they did with Mark Hamill in uh, spoilers if you didn't see the fucking season two of the Mandalorian um, <laughs> at the end of the Mandalorian like you know it's it looks just like it yeah it was like an 11 piece prosthetic that the special effects guy did that's amazing in- that's incredible that's incredible um, uh, so I, I'm out of the loop what was the, what's the question going on oh uh- you, you were just giving, uh, you were asking people about the Halloween, uh, what their thoughts on Halloween too. So I went to uh, uh, just Ben and Kelly so far. So Tommy uh, and Ann. Well, I, I feel like I have to say Ben for last because I feel like there's a lot of thoughts. I feel like it's, like it's going to be palpable and I could drizzle it on pancakes. Um, Tommy, Halloween kills. Did it kill for you? Oh, I absolutely loved it. And there's a variety of reasons why. Um, well, well, I, I won't testify, brother. Let's hear it. <laughs> I was not upset with the mob mentality portion. I feel like that is how I small. I lived in central Illinois for six years. Yeah, you exactly, did. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly did. how they act. So uh, it is. It's, I was like, that's not how a mob would act. It is. It's kind of how they do. Um, I thought the kills were fantastic. They were brutal. Uh, that man is Michael Myers is pissed off and he wants to get home and he does it by any means necessary. Um, the acting's a little cheesy, but it's a slasher movie. There's, I would never say there's a slasher movie with top tier Oscar worthy acting. Uh, and that's why I like them so much. And I just thought it was, I am comparing it 
take this with a grain of salt. It is, in my opinion, the Empire Strikes Back of the Halloween franchise, at least this new one. Because it leaves you on a dour, sad, kind of depressed note, not knowing what... Spoiler alert for the Empire Strikes Back. uh, Vader is the father (laughs) and the Empire kind of wins. So... I know. Sorry, what you can imagine? <laughs> I know. Uh, and that is in a weird way, kind of what's going to happen in this movie without giving too much away. And I have no idea what's going to happen next. Like I could kind of through interviews and whatnot say like, I can piece Halloween kills together. And I sort of did in my mind for the past two years. I have no idea what's going to happen. Halloween ends. And that's what makes me so excited. And I agree. Not everyone has to like this movie, but the people that are saying like, Oh, it's not a Halloween movie. You have 10, 11 Halloween movies before this. A lot of them are very similar. This is completely different. And you can't complain about wanting something different. And then they do something different. I mean, like, well, not that. That's not what I wanted different. See, I don't get that. Like, the one Halloween movie that you could say is not a Halloween movie is Season of the Witch. Because right. Michael Myers isn't literally in the movie. Uh, he, he's, he's got a cameo as well. He's on TV. TV. <laughs> But I mean, it's it's about witches. Come on, uh, but I mean, like it's about, about Irishmen. Okay. Oh, listen, come on! I didn't even see that. Uh, but it's like I, I, I listen. I do give a lot of credit to the big John Little John character. God bless. That, that was fantastic. I was I a big it. fan of them, and I like the callbacks that they had. They had callbacks to a lot of the other movies without kind of beating you over the head with them. Uh, and I appreciate that. And I don't like no one who's listening to this can see, but I've got a giant Halloween tattoo on my arm. This franchise is near and dear to me. And aside from part five, I kind of love all of them through their faults. Um, This one is, I'll give it a year, but I put it at the top three for myself. So I I truly did love Halloween Kills. I got to go back to it. I did like the, I did like the end with Judy Greer, how he ends up, she's in the Myers house. And then she's just like, shit. (laughs) <laughs> Could you realize what happened? I love that ending. God damn. And who knew Anthony Michael Hall? That nerd from Breakfast Club. Yeah. What a dick. Um, and I mean, floor is yours. Floor is yours. <laughs> Look, I woke up. Um, was it Friday or Saturday? I woke up to a text from Tommy because Tommy had just seen it and was like blown away from it. So I, I, I sent that Thursday night to you right after I got out of the theater before I checked with my fiance. Wow. Wow. So okay, so let's let's take a quick survey. Uh Tommy, you saw it in theater. Kelly, you saw it in theaters. I did not. Um you are like I, my theatrical going guru. Yeah. I um was actually waiting because all of my friends took a vote and they wanted to see this for my birthday movie. So I was going to save the theatrical experience with them. I did queue it up on my TV and I got to say something weird happened with uh, the way it was playing because that gradient bar that hangs out at the bottom when you pause apparently was hanging out the entire time. And I was about to go off online saying, who the hell edited this? Peacock is it? It's just a garbage. It's, it I'm wasn't watching great. wrestling live on there, dude. Yes, I have, and it's the shits. Uh, ben, theater or Peacock? I watched it on Peacock uh, only because I convenience sake, and I haven't been to the theater in so long. Where I used to only see things in theater, but uh, Scream Five comes out on my birthday, so that might be the first time I come back. In one weekend, I saw No Time to Die in Adam's Family too, so that was my big theater weekend. So Adam's Family too, cute movie, not great, but cute. And I'm taking it you saw this 
in the theater. Fucking Peacock. This is the, pr- the Peacock is getting is hey, we're putting Peacock over on this podcast, sort of kind of. But yeah, um, spent a small fortune on a humongous TV. It's like basically our own movie theater. Um, since it's on Peacock, why not? God bless. Come on. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say if you not, you should just call me. I would have given you my login. Um, but uh, floors yours on Halloween <laughs> kills. Um, so I loved it. I loved I loved Halloween Kills. Um, I the same thing with Tommy. I think it was incredibly brutal. Um, the mob thing didn't bother me because Halloween Four. There's a mob. I mean, it's just a throwback to to Halloween Four. Yeah, and they're a lot more drunk in that one. Oh. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Start um, my life. Oh, I'm sorry. The, the mob doesn't bother me at all. Um, it's like okay, so there's so many. That I want to address like the complaints that I've been hearing Listen, about the movie. This is what we do. Movie. This is literally Why? nothing. Nothing you're going to say. There's no limits. Just say what you got to say, man. Okay. All right. Alice so, asleep right now, so you're good. <laughs> okay. No so, comment. People are, are about the unnecessary return of original characters, right? So you got Marion, you've got Tommy, Lindsay, um, Lonnie, who is like a blip in Halloween all oh, of a sudden I, I love that they they have and I don't know his name the actor from from flat from the Flanagan films I love the fact he's in it I don't even oh. know those characters I know they're related to Halloween I fucking love that yeah. part of it Lonnie is literally like a blip right Lonnie away from that like <laughs> I mean it's a blip um I uh, that that doesn't bother me um, the people that are complaining about that are people that, that love Halloween H2O, which I do, but Marion is brought back just to die for no reason. So you can't complain about that. You can't complain about Tommy being in it. They brought him into curse for no reason. Why, why is Tommy in that movie? Very literally any person could have been that role. It did not have to be Tommy. It could have been Ben in a cabin in the woods. It could have been Ben. Played by Paul Stephen Rudd. <laughs> Boom. Paul Rudd. Could have been anybody and it would the story still would have made sense didn't matter um they're talking about how like they're complaining because this new series totally ignores the fact that the other movies exist right so it goes for like one to 2018 to this one right so you're ignoring like two four five six or well two four five curse what h2o and resurrection right they don't exist who who really wants resurrection to exist anyway Nobody. No. <laughs> they're going to complain about that while they're going to talk about how Halloween H2O is the perfect sequel. Right? Which is, the one where, which is the one where Buster Rhymes kills Michael Myers? Yes. Resurrection. That's the perfect one they're saying. No. <laughs> <laughs> Trash. But they're, you know, okay. H2O ignores the fact that the other movies exist. It does. Yeah, yeah. Thank- so Halloween four is nineteen eighty eight. Jamie Jamie Lloyd is is Laurie's daughter, right? She's six years old. She would have been born in what nineteen eighty two. Then you go ten ten years in the future is Halloween H two O, where John is seventeen, which means that John was born before Jamie. So did she have two different lives? Or are we just ignoring that Jamie even exists? Hey, Halloween <laughs> haters don't fuck with Annie Hill. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Then they're like, oh, well, Halloween 2018 and kills. It doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about? It makes perfect sense. It's totally fine. If you're ignoring that Halloween 2 exists, 
So we no longer have the Lori Strode is, is Michael Myers' sister story. Big deal. That was kind of lame anyway. Let's be fair. John it's Carpenter kinda, doesn't even like that, that story twist. It's kind of lame. And now you got Halloween Kills where they flat out say, like, Lori, it's not about you. It's not about her. They do say that. It's not about her. It's about Michael being evil. They take the curse without the stupid part of curse. Curse of Myers is tattoo on the arm. Yeah, the the curse of Thorn, where like that doesn't even make any sense. I was just talking to Jenny about this earlier today about how this drives me nuts because it doesn't make sense. The curse of Thorn. This is what I told you I was going to rant. Yeah, this is a text message. This is a this is a pre-show production text message. Anne's like. I'm a rant, but I'm just like, rant. oh, it's going to be about the Scream trailer. Did not realize it's going to nope. be about Halloween. So, strap okay, in. So Thorn is where they basically put a curse on one member of the family, and that family, that person has to kill like every member of their immediate family, basically as like a sacrifice. And so that fair. sacrifice pre- prevents like mass deaths, basically in this tribe. Okay, so like it's going to prevent like plague and all this crap. Um, it's a sacrifice. Nice. Curse of Thorn. However, between 1978 and freaking Halloween Resurrection, Michael Myers kills something like 84 people. <laughs> 84 people, three of which are his family members. I'm sorry, did the Curse of Thorn prevent mass deaths in the tribe? No, if anything, it created mass deaths in the tribe. Plus, in Curse, they flat out say he has to kill his immediate family members to break this curse, right? But he goes after the Strodes, which aren't even his bloodline. They're not even Lori's bloodline. She was adopted. Come on, man. Bill, these have to be seen at least. No, I, I trust me. Anything it tells me, I believe. Oh, my God. And then the producer's cut. The freaking producer's cut. Wow. We're getting angry. We're getting angry. The curse is broken. And Michael just like walks off, and then all of a sudden Loomis has the curse of Thorn. I'm sorry, who's Loomis related to? The guy's 90 years old. There's nobody for him to kill. That was stupid. I have a hard and time. I have a hard time with the Loomis the character. He's back in Halloween H2O. Don't tell me that Halloween Kills ignores all, all the rest of the storylines when every freaking one in the series ignores the previous storylines. Okay, I'm gonna ask a weird question about the final. Halloween film. I don't know if he directs anymore, but would it be fitting for a film titled Halloween Ends if John Carpenter directed the film? Anyone can answer this. It's a free for all. I don't. I because I love John Carpenter. I come on, Escape from New York and Big Trouble in Little China. Stop. Period. End there. Oh, and they live. The, the the holy trinity of films for me. Love, love everything about it. Escape from LA soundtrack, first record, first CD I ever bought. True story. Listen, it had a White Zombie song on it. Gotta buy it. White Zombie, of course, Rob Zombie directed all two Halloween films. But it all comes full circle. But I don't know if there's a director. I don't know if this film's done. But if it could be done, John Carpenter directing this, I think I'd be all for it. Because it'd be like a wonderful end because... I don't know how long you can keep doing this, these films. I'm sure you can do it forever. But I would love to see a film called Halloween Ends with John Carpenter being like, here we go. This is one of my last films, Halloween Ends. I don't see him doing it. Starts okay. filming in January. I think I think he's going to let David Gordon Green keep the, keep the reins. 
I do too, but I don't see him doing it. The romantic in me would love to see it. I don't even think Lori's going to be, I don't think she's even going to be a huge part. I think this one kind of was like, she was in the background. She was such a small part because I think that they are trying to push like Allison to the front. The granddaughter. Yeah. I think they're trying to make her like the new Lori. Yeah. She's, she's a badass though. The granddaughter. I, I, I did. I appreciate that character a lot. I do got to ask them, where did she learn to shoot a shotgun? Because she didn't have any training before. That's like one of my biggest bitches. It's like, where did she learn to get a shotgun and shoot it properly? Adrenaline. It's all adrenaline. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to chalk it up to, I guess. Um, But yeah, Halloween Kills on Peacock right now. You've heard it from our panel. Go watch it. And if you haven't seen the first one, which I highly recommend, go watch that first one because it's, it's pretty great let's break up movie news right now because we're getting into the scream trailer and that's going to have a, a lot of opinions on that one but i have a question to you guys about the the halloween season itself maybe it's because i'm a dad with a six-year-old going on seven because she reminds me all the time she's going to be seven real soon who loves halloween when we were talking earlier about like horror movies and it being a very inclusive for, for the weirdos and for it's a very inclusive type of community. Do you guys feel that Halloween has been way more promoted and way more out there over the past few years than normal? Or is it just me? And are you, as you guys who are hardcore horror fans, it's just like, is this like, Hey guys, thank you for finally joining the club. Or it's like, Oh, this is kind of like, Weird and corporate, and I don't like it. So, Al, uh, I'm going to seance your ghost for a second. Um, Halloween, your dad, um, do you feel that Halloween is way more prevalent and promoted throughout, throughout the uh, promoted longer than normal and is more prevalent in pop culture now more than ever? Or is it just because we're dads? So we're just noticing now because our kids are obsessed with it. It's weird. I think it is promoted more i think it is more um not not more commercialized i don't think that's even possible but i feel like it is just more like um in your face than ever but weirdly i see like you know i grew up in the town that i ended up buying a house in and and living in um, the the mansion which is uh canonically in the spodcast correct It's, it's a ranch but it's also like this massive compound down, down, down into Jersey Shore. Yeah, it's basically, it's basically the Avengers campus. It Manahawken. is an Avengers campus, but in branch form. Yeah, it's the Avengers campus of Manahawken. Um, I just, I feel like less, I'm seeing less and less people like decorating and celebrating it. Um, but, but, you know, I feel like because of things like the walking dead and twilight and stuff. I feel like it's just become more, I don't know, ingrained in pop culture and more, more than ever, I guess. Um, You know, and when I, even when I'm on social, it's just people just, you know, they're changing their, I literally changed my name on Twitter to the great pumpkin Al Manorino because everyone changes their name. Like it's such a, like a, you know, even going further than that, I'm, I'm a huge comic nerd and, you know, uh, there's something for artists called Inktober, where they celebrate the month uh, by um, doing different challenges or, um, you know, so like 
one artist I follow does a different Batman sketch every single day for Inktober. So like all of that encompassing, like it's very, very celebrated in that instance. But then just around my town that I grew up in, that I used to trick or treat in, love trick or treating in there. I see less and less houses every year, like actually celebrating it in that instance. So it's like less of Halloween and more of like the idea of Halloween is more ingrained in pop culture. The, the movie watching the TV shows, like that's the thing I love doing is going back and watching all my favorite Halloween episodes of television instead of like watching my favorite Halloween movies. And I don't like, we have like two pumpkins outside. We're not really like going to, go all out and make a haunted house. And I feel like a lot of people in my town don't do that anymore, which is really weird and sad. Ben, your thoughts? Um, well, as a 30 year old man, I'm in that weird stage where I don't have kids and uh, I'm getting a little too old to go to Halloween parties and whatnot. So I'm- um, Are you though? <laughs> I just go to cabins in the woods and you know, hope I don't get- Oh ready. yeah, you're gonna die. So yeah. Transition to that. But yeah, um, I'm gonna. I'm literally gonna message you November first. Be like, are you alive? Appreciate that. Spoilers. Spoiler. Thanks. I'm gonna I put mean, you. On, I am gonna, gonna do that. I wouldn't actually fear for your life. I'm gonna leave you on red for a few days just to make you sweat it up. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I I did just go to and here in Charlotte we have Scarewind, so it's at the theme park like everybody else does, where they just put a bunch of haunted houses there, and then you know characters are kind of walking around. So I just went to that. I love that still, um, and it was packed, and I think it's been packed every day. So people are definitely still into it. Um, and then, I, I like Al said, I have not watched anything else like all of October except for like horror movies and horror series. Like that's everything that's kind of, you know, jumping up on, you know, Netflix and all the streaming services or, you know, Halloween haunt type movies. So that's, that's as far as I'm in depth into it outside of that. I can't really speak to the the overall, but I, I do think it's, it's more mainstream, I guess now to where it's spaced out over the whole year instead of just, you know, they're not holding all these releases right up until, um, you know, like we've just been talking about the movies are coming out in January and all other types of the year. And uh, you do have things like Walking Dead that's you know, the most popular show that was on forever. So uh, it's, it's year-round. It's not just October. So I don't know if Halloween is you know dead a little bit by that. For me, I look at it like... I look at... Um, it's, it's been weird because like last year, I felt like early you would see Halloween decorations up at like Target, Home Depot, and other places. This year, like Home Depot is a very small window. Target little longer and but i feel like halloween has become like because we what we went through over the past year i hate bringing this up because it it seems like a little shit thing to say well not shit thing to say it's just depressing i guess because we went through this pandemic all together and we want to celebrate things that are just light and take us out of the of the real world and take us into this kind of spooky season where it's just like, oh, spooky stuff. And like, maybe it's not real. Maybe it is real. Some of it. But like, we can we can immerse ourselves into this and not think about, like, again, I hate saying it, but the horrors of the real world that we have to go through. And um, sorry, this kind of six-year-old bounce on my bed again. And so we can put up our Halloween decorations and we can buy smoke machines and spirit Halloween stores can take up all the empty stores near local strip mall. And it's fun. And some of it, like, you know, we can watch Freeform's 
61 days of Halloween, the same with Shudder, and the same way we go to the movies to watch all this stuff. It takes us out of our element of what's happening. And I feel like Halloween has become, maybe not this year, but definitely last year was a lot longer. We had, uh, Kelly and I would joke on Twitter about so 31 days of Halloween. It was 61 days, 62 days of Halloween, which that's fine by me. And I'll watch Nightmare Before Christmas 62 times. I don't really care. It's a great movie. And because, you know, baby years back there got me into it. Um, but it's been a lot of fun. And I feel like we've been able to take Halloween to a new level where we can have Halloween parties and we can all just kind of enjoy maybe not the horror of it, but just like the spookiness of it, the, the celebration of it. So we can all have fun together. Like, like multiple people, everyone is pretty much set on this. It's like this inclusivity within Halloween. It's just also getting, and we're talking about trauma and like so much we can talk about with whether it's Halloween, the film, or Midnight Mass, whether it's whatever. We just went through all of this together. And now we could celebrate stuff by just like, oh, it's a little scary. Things are fun. Like, you know, it, oh, being scared by something jumping out at you. That's fun. We can enjoy that. We can be like, oh, my God, it was so scary. But it was like also not like I'm terrified I'm going to die. It's like I'm, I just got spooked. You know, I just got scared. I think that's fun. I think that's, that's a good thing. So, um, Tommy, what do you think about Halloween and like, you know, how mainstream it's become or you feel like it's become mainstream? Yeah, I mean, uh, I always joke at October 1st, it's like happy 270th day of Halloween, because to me, and I'm sure the rest of the panel, Halloween is January 1st to December 31st, and then it starts all over again. It's like flip-flop season for me, honestly. (laughs) Um, But I love the... I love the Halloween season. It's when everyone else for the most part gets into it. And I used to kind of have a chip on my shoulder be like, oh, I love Halloween every day of year. But as I grew older, I uh, realized that that's not for everyone. And I love getting the texts from multiple people. Hey, it's spooky season. What movie should I watch? I would love to tell you what movies to watch. Here is my list of movies you should watch in October, even though I watch them every other day of the year. Um, where should I go to shop for costumes? Spirit Halloween just opened. Here's where it's at. That sort of thing. Um, I've gotten people to do what I do and have horror movie posters in their living room, in their bedroom, 365 days of the year, instead of just for the 30 days of Halloween. So it is, while it's every day for me, I love the month of October just so I can talk about it with other people just as much as I do every other day. I just thought you were a big pumpkin spice latte fan, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I have gotten them, what is it, the 19th? So 19 times this year so far? I have a pumpkin spice candle in my living room, so <laughs> I'm not going to judge. And your thoughts, I mean, listen, like, like honestly, we're blood related, but I've always known you as the <laughs> queen of Halloween. You are my Jack Skellington, if I can figure out a female version of the word Jack, uh, or not. What do you think about like Halloween, like now as a pop culture thing, like just like for, for, for everyone else, for the straights, I guess, for people who aren't like for who aren't Halloween centric, you know, 365 days a, week, a year, oh, 365 days a week. Jesus Christ. That's a lot of alcohol. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I mean, the same as Tommy, you, I mean, you know, um, I watch horror movies every day. 
it's it's like my life that's I talk about it every day um my house is decorated in it every day it's always I mean it's always Halloween in our house um but you know I mean I'm from upstate New York where Halloween is like a a big deal everybody celebrates Halloween everybody decorates for it um you go apple picking you get your apple cider you get your donuts go to cider mill it's like you celebrate it in school it's a huge thing um and then I moved to the south and it's like culture shock you know nobody cares about Halloween here um I'm in the bible belt (laughs) which is the most horrific place ever (laughs) and I mean we're pumped because there's like five people in our neighborhood that have decorated for Halloween that's a big deal that's a big deal here. Five people, five houses. That's a big deal. So, I mean, it, it, I'm excited to see those. Um, and the same as Tommy, you know, I love, I love when my friends text me and they're like, you know, what are you watching? Which, you know, what's a good horror movie for me? You know, I'm a wuss. Um, what's a safe movie for me to Those watch? are texts from me. I'm a wuss. What's a good horror movie? <laughs> I like horror people with just watch Hereditary. It's not scary. I promise. I haven't watched it yet. So. <laughs> My wife didn't. So. Um, the only time I've seen Hereditary, like, there's two movies I've walked in on very drunk. One was Annihilation, the scene where Oscar Isaac is getting like, like, cutting a guy open. He's like, "There's something in his intestines," and the scene with Gabriel Byrne. And I think we all know what that scene is. I want to ruin it for people. Uh yeah, imagine walking into your house hammered and seeing those for the first time. Those are my experiences with those films. It's terrifying. But it's a vodka thing. What can I tell you? Um, what can I uh, What can I say? And Anne's a vodka by blood, so she knows. Let's talk about, well, we had a new Scream trailer. Now, this will be the fifth scream film uh of course the trailer very much echoes the original trailer with a call from inside the house or this time sort of inside outside the house plus we bring back nev campbell we bring back courtney cox and david arquette and uh if you have not seen the documentary you cannot kill david arquette please go see that it's a great documentary um Guys, this Scream trailer, I'm going to make an admission, and everyone's going to be big mad at me. Al, you, you're always mad at me, so you might also hate me for this. I've never seen a Scream film. Ever. Do I know what happens to them? Yes. Did I own the Scream 2 soundtrack? Of course I did. Uh, but I've never seen a Scream film. My wife has seen them, so she could take all the street cred. Al, I'm going to start with you, resurrect you from the dead. What did you think of this new Scream trailer? I Again, I think the only Scream movie I watched was like Scream 1. And Which that is was more than me. Through my fingers in the back of a murder truck, as mentioned earlier. Um, I, I What I thought of the trailer was this is interesting. It's in, again, in the same vein as a lot of these other reboots. It's like, let's um, tell a new story, bring back fan favorite characters and try to honor the originals. And I, I think that's what this, this one is definitely trying to do. Um, 
I'm not, I don't know if I'm necessarily interested in it just cause I, I don't know the lore, but for someone who like, who Ben, like someone like Ben, who has mentioned that it's like his favorite horror franchise. Like, I'm like, this is like, you know, this is awesome for him because I'm sure he's going to be able to, you know, relive some of that magic with those characters, you know, specifically Nick Campbell, um, who hasn't been in, I think, since the original three films, question mark. Right? Yes? Two? No, and, and, I'll, and I'll tell you. Exactly. Okay. Oh, she did four? Okay. So, yeah, so getting, you know, getting her back um, and, and you know, the Arquettes. Um, I think the cast is interesting, too. Um, um, I'm a big fan of the dude from The Boys, um, so I think he'll, he'll be fun in it. I was a Jack Wade, right? Uh, yeah, Meg yeah. Ryan and Dennis Quaid's son, yes. Yes. Yeah. The, <laughs> Um, yeah, but I just, I, like I said, I don't think it's for me necessarily, but I think it's, it's cool for the fans of the, uh, of the franchise. I think it would, uh, I think it's going to be like, you know, a nice, a nice throwback slash, you know, continuation of the series. And you're going to be able to ask, cause I know you got so much, so many thoughts you're wearing a stab t-shirt. There's like five ghost face behind you. So I, I can't go to you next. Oh, no, this, whole room is, this whole room is. I know, and I know your love for Nev Campbell, the same one I have. Uh, Kelly, your thoughts on the Scream trailer, which I technically is Scream 5, but it's just titled Scream. Yeah, they, they really could have gone with uh, 5, like, you know, putting that in the title. But they, By the way, uh, I want to call out, I want to call out Kelly's t-shirt on this podcast. It is a tie-dye t-shirt that says, music by John Carpenter with the font from the credits from Halloween. So Kelly knew the assignment because yes. that's what the kids are saying these days. So, and you know, who's not a kid? Graybeard McPherson over here. So Kelly, <laughs> what did you think of the trailer for the new screen film, which will be coming out in 2022? Um, I think that it, definitely banked heavily on the nostalgia. Um, I think it really is in line with um, what Halloween is also doing. I, I think we're just living in a time where these things made us feel good at a certain point and we want them back. <laughs> yes, yes, good. <laughs> with air quotes. Um, uh, so it's actually really interesting to hear, um, especially from you, Bill, who has not seen um, these movies. And I understand that you are aware of the happenings and the history, but um, how did it make you feel as a person with no emotional connection and no necessarily uh, nostalgia? Um, you know, and what do you think that means for maybe newcomers uh, who might not have seen it, um, you know, the youngins of today? I love how Kelly just hijacked this podcast and just turned it me. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Um, for me, I saw this and I was like, well, it seems to lack the humor of the first of the of a lot of the series. But when it got to the older cast, and I I, I have a little soft spot because as a pro wrestling family, Tommy, uh, about with David Arquette, especially with some of the stuff he did, I was like, oh. You know, maybe I should stop being a dumbass and I should watch some of these scream films now so I can like get it, I can understand it. Much like when I saw the Cowboy Bebop trailer today, I was like, that Al's like, you need to watch this. And when Al 
types, that sort of thing. I'm like, oh shit, I need to watch this. Um, I felt like, man, I, I I probably do need to watch these films now because it looked interesting. I wasn't as like enthralled by the uh, initial part of the trailer where it was like, you know, she's texting and it's like, you're in the house. But when it kept doing the unlocked, locked, unlocked, locked, I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And then we brought back Nev Campbell. David Arquette comes in and we see the scenes of him like unloading his gun. And I'm just like, oh, and he's telling Nev Campbell, okay, it's happening again. And I'm like, all right, you know, maybe I should start watching these. And uh, no guarantee I would. This is the same guy who hasn't finished the MCU. Listen, when you have a kid and you're constantly unemployed and then you get a job that sucks, you don't watch a lot of movies. So you got to just do what you got to do. So, but like with Scream, it's always been a big blind spot for me with film. So I'm going to watch it. I'm going to check it out. And uh, I'm sure my wife will be very happy when I go to see it with her in theaters. So, uh, Tommy, what you got? Uh, I dug the trailer. I thought it was a pretty, pretty fun trailer. Um, they're, they're showing a lot, but every trailer ever does that nowadays so he kind of got to take that with a grain of salt you do however i do notice with the way that it's cut and edited that it definitely misses that west craven uh spark to it that he has and i can't remember who's directing this one as radio silence i think um but it doesn't look like a west craven screen movie and i think that makes me uh kind of happy about it obviously he's it's impossible for him to direct it but i kind of want to see someone's new take on on this franchise but they missed the opportunity to make the s a five like like kelly said like five cream or whatever i don't know but <laughs> just scream like we, we already have a scream Tell me. they called scream force for forum so it's directed by matt benatelli open and tyler gilbert uh murchison of venice your thoughts yeah. there you go i told you i was gonna say it yeah, well, the day the trailer came out, like I, I was messaging Ann because, like everybody else, I, I reached to Ann as my horror expert. So we were geeking out and going back and forth. But um, I thought the trailer was great. Uh, I like they actually have call outs like verbally in it. Like uh, David Arquette even says in the trailer, this one feels different, which they're trying to go for like a more serious tone, at least in the trailer. I'm assuming they'll still have like the horror element. You know, Courtney Cox has her little quip about like for this, never, you know, stuff like that, little lines as far as being ready for it. Um, we've dissected, like I've, I've slowed the trailer down to like see some of the characters and there's obviously a lot of stuff that it seems like they're giving away kills, but could be misdirection in some of the cases. Uh, I know Jenny Ortega's character that they show that whole opening. Uh, it looks like she's going to be kind of the Drew Barrymore, you know, this one, if you haven't watched the original screen, you should have by now. Uh, but it looks like that's the opening sequence. They're kind of imitating some of it with some of the visuals. Uh, but don't necessarily know that she's going down there. Uh, I feel like there's going to be a whole lot of misdirect kind of like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it seems like they're trying to, I think they want to keep Scream going, but then you have these original three characters. Uh, so they want to kind of have that baton pass maybe. Uh, so I don't know how long Nev Campbell is going to want to be a part of it. So the cast is great. They've got like a whole lot of young blood that they're bringing into it. And, and maybe they want to try to push it in that direction. Uh, I don't think that they'll necessarily uh, kill off, you know, the final girl who is Nev Campbell and, and even Courtney Cox at this point. Uh, out of the original three, I didn't expect them all three to make it through the last one. So you would maybe assume that one of them might not be long for the, the franchise after this one, but we'll see. But I mean, the, the trailer looks looks good. 
and I like a lot of the stuff that they did to try to call it the nostalgia. Uh, even David Arquette has the line about, um, you know, talking about the rules of horror, which is kind of a Randy line. If you watch the other ones, uh, it was a great character, but yeah, I mean, I, it's a nostalgia just like they're doing with Halloween, mixing it with some of the new, um, Matthew Lillard uh, is the best character in my mind from a horror movie uh, ever. So you really got to watch these, Bill. Watch the first one. I'm, uh, I'm ashamed, honestly, at this point. Hush your butt. Uh, I saw Hackers. <laughs> I know how good Matthew Lillard, Lillard can be. That's the movie um, Matthew Lillard is Hackers. <laughs> Listen, hack the planet, man. Hack the planet. Great soundtracks, by the way. And again, floor is yours. You, I mean, you, you know, I was pumped for this trailer to drop, <laughs> like more yeah, than. Yeah, but I don't know how you feel about. Oh my god, more than anything in the past since Scream Four, I have been this excited. I'm, I'm pumped. Um, yeah, I loved seeing, um, them redo the Casey Becker scene with Jenna. That I'm excited about that. Um, I'm a little. I'm a little scared for the new movie. Um, again, like Tommy said, it's because, you know, Wes Craven's not there. They're bringing in these new directors. They're bringing in new characters. So they're going to, you know, do a new Scream series, which is why they didn't name it Scream 5. It's Scream. It's just Scream because it's going to be a new series. Um, and we'll get Scream kills and Scream ends. Yeah. <laughs> you know like they can't do Scream Two. They have to do something else. So Scream. Yeah, well, scream yeah. Ends. Scream the. Real- if you just um, call it Scream Five, then nobody wants to. You know, if they didn't see Scream One through Four, they're like, "Well, I'm not going to see this one." If you just call it Scream, they might go into it blind and you know check it out. I mean, like, he, so just 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 say my name. It's a dig at you, Bill. Yeah, <laughs> just, just, just just say my name. I get it. I'm taking all the heat for Al right now. Um, I'm going to give you my theories. So that they are solidified here. In audio, yes. In audio. Okay, so um, ever since they said that they were making this new Scream, the very first thing I said, and Jenny can back me on this, was that Dewey is going to die. It has to be. I mean, I think that too. I've never seen a Scream film, but I saw this trailer. I'm like, he's dead. It, it's not even just it's not even the trailer it, it well i mean part of the trailer number one you see you see sydney obviously holding gail back who's screaming yeah. gail doesn't care about anybody but herself normally except for dewey who is she gonna scream like that over uh, dewey you said the name of the movie dewey what I'm like you did the family guy thing. I'm like, ah, she said the name of the movie. (laughs) Um, With all these Star Wars. But with (laughs) did you did you just upright Citizens Brigade me? I I often do. (laughs) I often do with particular line. Um, No, it has it has to be Dewey. It has to be. If you kill off Sydney, you're gonna piss off uh, and uh, and uh, yeah. Well, me. (laughs) Yeah. You're you gonna burst. piss off. She is the final girl. You can't kill off Sydney, um, especially at this point. You're five movies in. You know they. It took them two movies to kill Alice. It took them three movies to kill off Nancy. Um, you know, sorry, Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, you you can't you can't go this long and then kill off Sydney Prescott. Um, Gail Weathers, come on, 
You can't kill Gail Weathers. No. No, that that would piss me off more than Sydney. Gail is my girl. That's my favorite. That's going to piss off a lot of people. Plus, if you kill off Gail, who who's that really going to affect? Dewey. Dewey's kind of the weakest of the three, right? Right? He gets injured in every movie. He's never at the end, really. He with a bedpan in the fourth one. That's embarrassing. See what I'm saying? Listen, like, you watch wrestling, you know what a bedpan could do to anyone, Tom. That's true. That's the, true. The two strongest characters are Gale and Sydney. And how are you going to weaken Gale and Sydney? Kill Dewey. You're gonna Dewey. He's the heart of the group. He's the one that they care about the most. He's, he's you know, Sydney's like big brother character. He's the only person Gale Weathers has ever loved. That's how you weaken them for the final fight. It's got to be Dewey. He's going. Then. I guess you can't kill David Arquette. You can't. <laughs> that, that, that documentary so, was bullshit. If I was writing this movie, that's what I would do. It would be Dewey. Um, in terms of killers, I'm going to give my, my killers theory. Um, somebody posted a picture. They were posting pictures of them at the beach in Wilmington, like after filming and Martha Meeks is in one of those. You haven't seen the movies, but in Scream 3, Randy's sister appears, Martha. For I don't like, know who Randy is. Like a five minute cameo. But in these photos on the beach, she was in them and they went, they were erased real quick, which means that we are not supposed to know that Martha Meeks is in this movie. I'll take you guys' word for that. But there are two Meeks kids in this movie. So I think Number one, we've never had a killer of color. Never. Both of those kids are, are I mean, I'm assuming they're black. Um, and they're, they're hyphenated last name. So they're either Martha's kids or step kids. But I think it's Martha and those kids. We've never had three killers. We've never had a killer of color. I think it's like, I think it's going to be revenge for Randy of some sort. Randy. Uh all right, so let's move Put in. It I listen, guys. Like I'm, I'm. You're the expert. I just work here. Watch the movies, Bill. Oh, fuck yeah, me. Bill. Do better. I mean, Al's going to chime in, but I haven't finished the MCU yet. So, Al, can you chime in about that? Just so you get it in. Even um, I no. Um, I'm tired of tired of saying it. Honestly, at this point, you need to uh, need to reevaluate every decision you've ever made. <laughs> Says, says the guy whose wedding I officiated. So, uh, very, true. very true. Ben, remember, just fly me down. I'll take care of it for you. Um, or tell me, whoever wants to fly me in, I'm good. Uh, let's talk about the uh, trailer. I only watched a little bit of myself. It's, I know what you did last summer, which, if anyone needs screeners to that, holler at your boy um, because oh, I have them. Um, <laughs> It's good. It's on Prime Video right now, and I looked at this. And I'm like, oh wow, look at this Freeform series. This looks not good. Uh, first off, don't ever blaspheme against Jennifer Love Hewitt, my high school crush. And uh, secondly, C point number one, <laughs> guys. Uh, the, Al, did you watch this trailer? Yes, I did watch the trailer. What'd I. You, um, what'd you think there, pal? I, I kind of thought the same. Uh, with the free formness, um, this is like this is when adaptations go wrong in the sense of like, okay, 
there was this pos there was this really popular movie series, you know, specifically the first movie. What if we made that into an you know 12 episode series? And I just don't care at all about the direction they're going with this. I'm really tired of this like culture that that that's been happening the last like you know the the euphoria riverdale pretty little liars like this like very very like like when they open with this party i'm like this doesn't look like any actual high school party this looks like a um, a pr company put this together like there's no way anyone oh, like a vodka in, like a vodka brand uh just launched their target party yeah like i remember watching the oc and they had like a nice house like they had like a really cool house party on the beach and it looked like a house party on the beach it didn't look like it was sponsored like like it's insane like it just doesn't like these don't like happen um so it just like really took me out of it i just don't like this, the oc like, was real true to life uh, well it just i'm just saying like in in in, in that instance it's like i don't think you know, kids who throw house parties have budgets now. Um, Mike, I don't know kids these days. I don't know. I, I, grew up, I grew up in Orange County. It's not as fake as you think it would be. True. Uh, yeah. uh, but well, again, I can be, I can a be real OG. He's an OCOG. So That's like, true. Um, I, I think I'm just really tired of this, like, this LUT that is just, like, over all yeah. of, like, these shows of this, like, super blue super dark like i'm like just fucking put a light and just give me some color like i'm so tired of this honestly um but yeah i just it just didn't it didn't really hit me honestly the scream trailer was way better um in kind of giving me like a like an inkling of caring about this franchise or you know the, the, the i know what you did last summer um, I think it's been beaten to death and uh, this version doesn't look fun at all. Yeah. I mean, Al, let me ask you the real hard hitting question. Did you want a Amazon prime series of, I know what you did last summer or the short lived Fox series point pleasant. Oh man. I mean, I just want them to continue point pleasant. Not, this will be an Al joke. I don't no, know where don't, else gets this. Don't, don't reboot it. <laughs> I want you to cast everyone again. Including Aaron Paul. Aaron <laughs> Paul. Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul as like the drug dealer guy in one episode. No, I I absolutely would want to see that more because that at least was like quote unquote interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and if you guys have weird. not seen the short-lived Fox series Point Pleasant, apparently, which was set at the Jersey Shore, where Al and I and Kelly are from. Uh, well, no, nah, I'm not from, but I eventually moved there. Um, yeah, go find that on YouTube. It is a delight. By delight, I mean it's a piece of shit. Uh, but it's hilariously a piece of shit. Uh, Kelly. What did you think of the trailer? And have you watched any episodes of uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer, the series? I have not watched any episodes. Um, my sure. first exposure to the trailer was, was before 
going to see A24's Lamb. Oh. So it was on the big screen. That so I, I was already in for something wild. Then the trailer comes on, lots of bisexual lighting. Got lots of blues, lots of purples. I'm like, all right, what is this? Um, I'm not excited about it. Uh, like the, the joy of those movies where they were, you know, they didn't involve a uh, eight or 10 part series of like backstories and like, um, you know, these like dark, like pasts of these high school characters. Um, so I'm not really looking forward to that aspect of it. Um, will I check it out? I don't know. Maybe. If you're feeling, you know, tweeny that day. Yeah. Um, and uh, I feel like you're seething right now. <laughs> just talking about this trailer. And I just feel like you're just like, like i mean everybody knows my obsession with scream yes right but like scream is here and like i know you did last summer that's like my number two like the only movie that i love more than that is scream i mean look at you can see above me i know you did last summer over here in the corner i know you did last summer like the only reason my house isn't covered in it is because there's not that many collectibles they just don't make them um, and then he was like, dude. Look at, I mean, look at, I got the fisherman. I got the fisherman right here on my arm. Oh, shit. Yes, you do. That's a really nice tattoo. Mm-hmm. That's my movie. The, this show is crap. Did it's you crap. watch it yet? I've, I already watched it. Mm-hmm. I've watched four episodes, the four episodes they put up. It's it's terrible. It's terrible. Um, so they did um, Scream, the TV series, which I, I actually... Oh shit, I forgot about that. Yeah, it was on MTV, yeah. It wasn't great, but it was fun to watch at least, you know what I mean? Um, The first two seasons at least, season three was just... uh, I I can't even talk about season three of Scream. I I, I won't ask. I don't want want to put you through that. If you watch this show, it's season three of Scream. (sighs) They stole the plot of season three of Scream. It's the same story. Identical twins. Well, I mean, I'm not going to, I mean, if you watch the first episode, it tells you already, but (laughs) it's the same story. They took the storyline from the worst season of a mediocre TV show. Yikes. Every character is, well, no, there's, there are two likable characters on the show. One of them's killed off in the second episode. So you're already stuck with one good character who's barely in the show. So the only enjoyable thing about the show for me is watching everybody die. So I'm going to continue watching it just to watch these horrible people die because at least that's entertaining. Fuck. <laughs> All right. Oh, shit. Uh, ben, <laughs> if you watched it, I just fuck. That's, a, that's, called a, that. that's called a mic drop, by the way. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I don't know where to go. From that. I, um, I, I talked to Anne about the show too. We were basically like watching it at the exact same time. And, uh, I mean, well, like Al said, it's it's not sponsored by Vodka Brand. This show is sponsored by like ketamine, cocaine, and acid, and OnlyFans. <laughs> no, it is a remake of Point Pleasant. All right, <laughs> cool. It's like everybody's super depressed and obsessed with social media, and like it's yeah, it's 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 that trope. And then I don't know, uh, like and everything Ann said is correct. I had one character that I kind of liked, and then they killed that character off pretty quickly. So I literally don't care about anyone. Uh, the cop is the only other I like. 
Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the only, like, I mean, the, the original movie, well, obviously I'm obsessed with Sarah Michelle Gellar, so I love the first movie. Uh, it's well, one of my favorites as well. Um, so Jennifer Love Hewitt's great, but Sarah Michelle Gellar. Uh, but interviewed on the popbreak.com, by the way, just made a cheap plug. Sorry. Okay. So, oh, I did read that. Yes. I got, I got to promote the site every once in a while. Yep, I did read that. I forgot for the Star Wars. Yeah. I, uh, uh, so anyway, I, the whole reason like this exists, I mean, the original you know, movie based off the novel and everything like completely different, but, uh, the car accident aspect of it, then they have to try to cover it up. So we got to get rid of the body piece, like that the movie is based off of. And then this too, um, completely unnecessary like i think if i'm not mistaken the person that's driving the car hasn't even been drinking there's a person in the car that has like every drug known to man on them but maybe just let them walk away and call the cops that are you know family friendly like they're they're friends with you anyway you're, the person was in the middle of the street you could probably just get away with an accident so this is entirely unnecessary that this is happening uh i am if you go back to like why i like horror like you want to find out who the killer is i don't through four episodes have much of an idea of like what it is maybe Anne does you know have to watch this or maybe she's blacked out on it and just watching people die with a smile uh but yeah the, the show is a very end trope yes. yeah <laughs> uh uh Tommaso Ciampa Tracy um my beard's not that nice uh, you are literally clean shaven um <laughs> so you're have you watched any of this what we've determined is a uh, flaming piece of shit series <clears throat> and uh, or have you seen the trailer what your thoughts on her are yeah i watched the first two episodes um and as ben and anvil said the, the best character is already dead so i haven't got around to the other two it's not good it's it's pretty sh- it's pretty shitty it's uh it's boring it's kind of rote there's no real point to keep watching it I guess I might just binge it one day while also reading and like, oh, hey, there's the killer. And then continue reading a book. Uh, I will give it one compliment. It is better than I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer, which if you've oh my God. that <laughs> fucking movie, it's on Amazon Prime for free. When, Look, uh, man, I, when did that come out? On a skateboard? It's yeah, over. 2006? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a ghost fisherman in it. It's like basically a ghost. Oh, bad. It's, it's bad. Um, so it's better than that. And uh, that's the compliment, I'll play it. But, I mean, no one in this show has, like, the charm of Jennifer Love Hewitt or Sarah Michelle Gellar or Freddie Prince Jr. or Ryan Phillippe or even the dude from, you know, uh, Christmas Vacation whose name I can't... Johnny Galecki? Yeah, that guy. Um, I mean, so... the guy who was the star on The Big Bang Theory and Roseanne? He's <laughs> he was kind Christmas. of a name, dude. He was also in a horror movie. He was in a Ring movie, right? I give... I don't think so. I don't know. It's definitely but, a horror movie. I don't know. This movie, this show's just not charming, and it's it's pretty bad. And I think Al mentioned it's kind of like Riverdale. It's pretty much that show, but even no one's that as charming as they are on Riverdale on that show. Well, by the way, go check out all our Riverdale, Riverdale interviews on thepopbreak.com. Uh, I have to say these things, guys, because... Oh, he was in Rings in 2017, Johnny. Mm-hmm. I've seen that movie multiple times. It's terrible. I found wow. out a cousin of mine died in the movie while I was watching that, so I left and never went back to it. So, like, as it's a, like a removed cousin. It's not that. It's like didn't die in real life, just a character. <laughs> no, in real life. What? Oh, that got dark. Let's go to another uh, topic <laughs> of the podcast. Uh, so uh, we got through all that. So let's hit the lightning round. Where I'm just going to ask a bunch of questions. Al, you actually have to participate in this part. Uh, and I just like busting Al's chops. He always participates. 
where I'm going to ask you a bunch of random horror movie and Halloween questions, some of which I've already written down, some of which are going to come from the top of my head. Guys, this might be the most important question. And I want you to take it very seriously. The best Halloween candy to get. Al, go. Um, it's my favorite candy of all time, too. Take five. It's now renamed Reese's Take Five. Um, Deep cut. I really appreciate that one. I it's, very much it's, like it. It's fucking delicious. I don't know why it's not like considered a top three candy. It has five great things in one. Like, just try to just stop it. You can't. Uh, maybe your best analysis on this podcast in 79 episodes. And Hale, best candy to get to Halloween. Um, there's, I gotta say two, the two that I was most pumped to get in my bag were Reese's and Twizzlers. Excellent choices. Tommy. Uh, I like sweet tarts. I'm, I'm kind of sweet too for sweet tarts since I was like six. I want to throw a shoe at you. Ben Murchison. Sticking with the Reese's, but Reese's pieces specifically, uh, ET inspired. Okay. Can we also say it's Reese's pieces, not Thank Reese's pieces. Anytime that says that my skin wants to go on fire. Just saying, Kelly McGovern. Reese's pumpkins, king size if you're fancy. Fuck. <laughs> um, for me, I'm gonna either go Kit Kats after you put it in, after you get it, put it in the fridge, then eat it, or in Alma Joy in honor of my father. Uh, so, which are also just fucking great. Um, the worst candy to get a hundred percent. Round, um, milk duds for me. Fuck milk duds. Uh, ben. I mean, anything that has like black licorice flavor to it is bad for me. Ow. Candy corn can suck it. You're a dick. Um, Kelly. I also got to go with Al with candy corn. Oh, you're a dick too. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I should never eat it again. But, and. Um, I live in the Bible Belt. There are these things called testaments. They're like Whoa. Stop, the stop, 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 stop the podcast. Stop, stop, stop the podcast. Two, two mean, mic drops. Two mic drops. One episode. What in the name of Jesus Christ is a testament? Little square candies that have a cross on them, and the, the wrapper has Bible verses. They're, oh, no. Yes. You get them. Can you send those to me, please, for the love of God? I also want them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna send. I'm gonna find them online. I'm gonna send it to you. Is that directly from Midnight Mass? That has to be (laughs) like (laughs) fuck. Like no, I'm like I'm like I as someone who still I just went to church on Monday for my kids' CCD. Testaments. I would never want that. Testaments. Have you eaten them? I mean, I tried one. They're gross. <laughs> Are the, is there chocolate involved? Is like a junior mint, but worse? No, I wish. What Describe what the candy is. I need to know. They, they're kind of the consistency of... Tommy is like desperately searching what this is. Oh, right? I'm Googling these right now. Yeah. I need, yeah go- no, I just uh, need to hear from your... I'm trying to think of this candy that it's the... Oh my god, there were these little chocolate square candies. Candy mints, like the green candies? Not no, no, they're not soft. Not as good as Andy's mints, by the way. Oh, but it's it's hard to exp- it's hard to explain. I, I mean I guess the closest I could say would be almost almost like the hard sweet tarts. 
not that like chalky, but they have a horrible flavor to them. <laughs> they, I mean, they're I like mixed. Guess this, but the tea has a cross on it. See, I told no. you. <laughs> what a shock! What a shock! <laughs> oh my Christ, that is terrible, Tommy. I mean, I don't know if we could top test the mints. <laughs> I was going to say candy corn, but I don't think you're more upset about the testaments now. I mean, testaments, I mean, testaments is just objectionable in so many ways, but candy corn guys has won the worst candy for you to get on Halloween from this panel. Um, Who is the best of all the horror franchises out there? Who is the best? villain or supernatural slasher creature type deal whether it's freddy krueger michael myers jason who is the best from the franchises kelly i love freddy krueger he's funny as hell and um i mean i know you expect me to say ghost face but it's michael myers tommy michael myers al pass (laughs) no pick pick somebody uh yeah pass <laughs> good so pass that's the villain of a movie called pass ben i, mean, I could say ghostface but specifically like i said before Stu from the first one uh is my favorite or you could go with leprechaun you know he's a uh, little <laughs> you ever see leprechaun in the hood one of the wildest movies you'll ever see in your life yeah man uh i am going to go Dream. What was that? You've seen Leprechaun in the Hood, but you haven't seen Scream. Uh, that was not my choice to see Leprechaun in the Hood, so I'm just saying. Uh, for me, I am going to go with the video camera from the Paranormal Activity movies. Um, <laughs> because I've seen way too many of those. Um, let's go back to my list here. Horror movie that makes you laugh the most. For me, I mean, and this might be for everyone. Oh, actually, it may not be. Young Frankenstein, my favorite horror comedy of all time. Al, I already know the answer, so just hit me with it. Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Fucking great movie. Go watch that movie. Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Great film. And Such a good movie. Me? Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. Tommy? Uh, behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Oh, that's a good one. That is, that is a nice cut. Ben? Top of mind right now, Evil Dead. Like just throughout those movies are hilarious. Kelly. Insanely current, but malignant. Okay, malignant. Gotta ask. It's a wildly divisive movie. I have not seen it, Al. I already know you didn't see it. If I didn't see it, you didn't see it. Um, Because it's horror. Um, Did you guys like malignant? Because I've heard very either very positive things, like Kelly just said, one of her funniest movies. Did you like it, though? I, I want to say yes. I have seen yes. it. I don't know if I'm still riding the high of just the cultural movement that is malignant. Because um, Twitter was and still is on fire about it. People are still yeah. talking about it. And I don't know if good is really good or if it just is the feeling that we are all living in right now under this movie. But I had probably the funnest time back in a theater with a bunch of random strangers that I have in, I don't know how long in like going back to a movie theater. It 
it was so funny. We were like screaming and laughing with each other. It was balls to the wall. It was bonkers. I don't know. <laughs> so balls to the wall. Great song by the band, except also in the film, the wrestler and hell malignant. Yes or no. Oh, you hate no. James. You hate James Wan. She won't Look, say anything nice about James Wan. No, that's not true. Look, you saw, I, she saw Aquaman. She also like, <laughs> I liked saw, even though it was a cute ripoff. Um, I liked half of insidious until Darth Maul joined in. Then it got stupid. I agree. When he got in there and started tap dancing, I'm like, fuck this shit. This is dumb. I saw Phantom uh, Menace. Malignant is basket case with the monster from the Night Flyer. That's what my fiance so- said, like word for word almost. That's really? Yeah. Good thing about the whole movie was Zoe Bell. And she's Funny. in it for like seconds. Great. Boom. The great. I think you interviewed her on the site. Ben, Malignant, yes or no, or you have not seen it? I have not seen it, so apparently I need to watch it and form an opinion. That's why you like the Washington football team. You have no opinion on anything. I'm kidding. It's, it may, that means nothing. Tommy, I have a great strong opinion about them. <laughs> I know, no, I know you do. Uh, Tommy, Malignant, yes or no? It is one of the worst movies I've ever seen, and I absolutely love it. Uh, my wife thinks it's one of the worst movies she's ever seen, and we'll never watch it again. Um, <laughs> not your favorite horror movie or of all time, but the movie you always want to watch during Halloween. That's just like this warm blanket of nostalgia. There's something you love watching during Halloween. Al, I'm going to start with you. Just a movie during Halloween. You're like, I love to watch this film. Uh, yeah. I mean, I already mentioned Tucker and Dale versus evil. I'll go with a non-comedy. Yeah, sure. It's, I, it's more of a thriller than anything else, but I, I consider it a horror movie. The guest, um, with, uh, with, uh, Damn Stevens. Damn Stevens. Kelly yeah. McGovern, one of her all-time favorites. Yeah. Me and Kelly um will, you know, we always discuss our, our our genuine love for one of the most beautiful men on the planet, Dan Stevens. We actually have an episode of this podcast called Damn Stevens. Damn Stevens, yeah. And it is obviously rightly Kelly. titled. Kevin Kelly is the guest on that. For me, as much as I love The Nightmare Before Christmas with my daughter to watch that, uh, it's Sleepy Hollow starring, uh, it's Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. I absolutely love this movie. It's um, it's just this wonderful homage to like certain parts of 1950s horror and just, uh, and, uh, just has this great gothic feel to it. Kind of subverts or changes the uh, Ichabod Crane storyline, turning him from a school teacher into a forensic detective who's been ostracized by the NYPD because he believes in science. And uh, just love this movie. can watch it every day and twice on Sunday. Uh, Tommy, movie you just always have to watch during Halloween. All right, I'm not going to pick Halloween because that's the easy answer. Um, sure. I'm going to pick uh, Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat, not Trick or Treat because there are two different types of movies. Um, but Trick or Treat, Trick or Treat is just Halloween magic to me. And if you ever walk into a spirit Halloween, there's that little kid with the burlap sap uh, pumpkin head everywhere. So you know it's from that movie. And I do have to watch that. It's something that's been a blind spot for me as well. Um, most horror movies are a blind spot for me. Uh, Tommy. Uh, no, Jesus Christ. I just talked to you. Ben, uh, movie you absolutely just, just love watching during Halloween time. I saw the ones we've already been talking about at nauseum. Um, probably like The Descent or The Faculty. Those two are both really fun. So I always usually watch those. Nothing like a Josh Hartnett uh, horror movie with John Stewart in a cameo role. 
Uh, and what's the movie that just wraps you like a, a warm white blanket with pumpkins on it? I say that because I could literally see it next to you um, that you have to watch during Halloween. Um, it's not even a horror movie. It's Practical Magic. Wow. Like, I have seen that numerous times. Practical Magic. Everything about that movie is is Halloween. Everything about that movie feels like Halloween. I especially, love it. Especially Sandra Bullock. Um, but everybody also watches Hocus Pocus, right? We're just not gonna throw it out there off the top. <laughs> I, I'm glad we did. I feel like that kind of goes without saying though. Yeah. yeah. It's like the yeah. easy Sophie, my daughter was like, eh. It's like the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer of Halloween. Yeah. Like you're, I, gonna, you're gonna watch it. Yeah, it's like Hocus Pocus, Nightmare Before Christmas. Those are both like the two you watch. And yeah. I, you always gotta throw a little love to the great part. It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, or it's the Great Pumpkin, Al Manorino at Al Manorino on Twitter. Um, and uh, finally, the last question I'm going to ask, and this might be the hardest question to most of the panel: your favorite horror movie of all time? Uh, Al, I think I already know yours. Yeah, um, I, I would say I, I think we need to do one more question after this. But yeah, it's you know kind what? of a death Why don't you- Okay, you ask the question because I don't have it, so you will ask that question after that. That's fine. Uh, for me, it's also uh, for me. I'm going to go with the movie that scares the crap out of me the most. Is not the answer I'm going to go with. My favorite horror movie of all time will also be Shaun of the Dead because it's just one of these films that is, I think, has this wonderful dichotomy of being a legitimately scary, a literally hilarious film but also pays homage to George, George Romero's works in every minute detail. Also is very scary, but also has a really great drama to it, especially at the end between Sean and Ed. And it's a film you can go back time and time and time again and just pick up little hints, little things you didn't notice here and there. And of course, uh, plays into other movies as well. So Kelly, I'm really interested to know what your favorite horror movie of all time is. Um, I gotta say, I'm going with Jennifer's body. <laughs> oh, Jennifer's body. Let's hear why Jennifer's body is your favorite horror movie of all time. So not only does it have a very dark and complicated backstory of its production, um, just the uh, advertising alone is like a horror story in and of itself. But I just love how it felt like a time capsule for high school or at the time I had been a freshman or a sophomore in college. So it just feels like a permanent time capsule to the energy of just being alive and being like a um, a really old teen or young adult at that time. I've um, never heard the phrase, you know, I'm just a really old. <laughs> I, well, right now I'm a really old teen. I'm going to be 33. I'm a really old teen. You are. Um, <laughs> you are. I appreciate you. That's why I appreciate you, Kelly. But uh, I don't know. It's just, it's feminist. It's campy. Um, it's, it's everything that I love in a movie. And ever since it came out, it, you know, has been a, a staple of, watching every year multiple times a year a film that has garnered more positive i think positive um 
like reactions to since its release. Because remember, it was released. Everyone, you know, Megan Fox was red hot off Transformers. It came out, and people were like, ah, this movie. And there was a very small niche audience for it. And now it's grown and grown and grown. I think the appreciation for Jennifer's body is undeniable at this point, what, 10, 15 years after it's been released. I mean, it's got uh, Criterion's got it on the Criterion channel. It is Criterion worthy. So (laughs) come on. I did not know it was a Criterion film, but (laughs) goddamn, I love every second of that. Ben, your favorite horror movie of all time. Well, I mean, it, it screamed because we've said it like a million times, and that you know I've verbalized that too. But perfectly, oh, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I do want to throw in a love to um, Final Destination real quick because I will rewatch the heck out of that one constantly. And that's uh, it's also a horror movie that had like the Jaws effect because you know, like Jaws, people were scared to go in the ocean for a long time. I don't know anybody that will drive on the highway right now behind like one of those tractor trailers with a bunch of pipes. Like you're gonna move over. I will not. I 100% will not. I didn't even see that movie, but I 100% will not do it because I know people will die. Tommy, you got tattoos of horror movies. What is your favorite horror movie of all time? It's 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 the one that's on the arm. It's it's Halloween. I saw that for the first time on Halloween night in 1998, and I was so scared that I went and threw up in the bathroom. And... Uh, I have watched it every Halloween since then and multiple, multiple times per year. It, to me, is the perfect movie from the beginning to end. Um, but I agree with Ben on the Final Destination thing, because on the drive from Chicago to Vegas, when I moved here, three log trucks, and I made sure I got around them every time. I 100% would as well. And hail the question of questions, your favorite, ho- your favorite horror movie of all time. Um, you know it's Scream. That's my movie. That whole, just that whole series. I'm obsessed. It's pretty bad. Al, you had a question you wanted to add to close out the lightning round. And what would that be? Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually in terms of Halloween, the thing I care about the most. Um, I know everyone here is a big horror movie buff outside of myself and Bill, but um, just bringing it back to me, which is the most important thing about this podcast is Yes, um, yes, we've done that for 79 episodes. We know it's all about you, brother. Very true. Um, what is your favorite Halloween themed episode of television? Great question. Yeah. Great. So I'm going to start with Ben because I feel like he comes up with answers quicker than most. He's like, fuck you. I don't know the answer. Fuck, I have no idea. Well, I mean, I, I do. I mean, but I feel like Ann's going to have the same answer, but it's from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So fear. it's 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 an amazing episode. Every every episode of Halloween, like theme Buffy is great, but it's oh, it a demon episode that's uh, fantastic. Fear itself. Yeah, fear itself. Can you get, for, uh, I've watched this. I've watched Buffy from start to finish multiple times, but I, I don't know. Like, I can't tell you an episode, like, by the title. What happens in that episode so I can remember? Yeah, no, so, well, so basically they all end up, like, in a house. And so it's it's really just, like, fear. Like, everybody's worst fears is kind of overtaking them. So it's just, yeah. there's some really good elements of, like, the horror piece of it. But mostly it's, like, the comedy in that episode is, like, top-notch. Specifically, Emma Caulfield's character. Uh, uh, yeah. Of- <laughs> yeah, yeah, Anya. I, I, I wanted to tell Anya, I was trying to say Emma Caulfield as the actress. But she's afraid of uh, bunnies which is hilarious in itself. Um, so it dresses up as like the most terrifying thing she could think of, which is bunnies. I'll let, I'll let Anne go in more into depth with it because I know it was probably her answer as well. Uh, <laughs> and 
Yeah, and go ahead. That totally is my answer. Yeah, Fear Itself. It's um, it's season four of Buffy when they're in college. And there's like this uh, fraternity that's throwing this big Halloween party. And they, they want like this really cool, like scary design on the floor. And they, they get this like symbol out of a book that turns out to be this like symbol that conjures this fear demon. Um, so everybody that comes in the house basically gets like attacked by their biggest fear. Um, and yeah, I mean, Anya dressing as the bunny kills me every time. Um, there's an episode back in um, season two where they become their costumes. They buy these costumes at this specific like Halloween store. So to like be sure that they're safe this time, like Oz is God. Um, Willow is Joan of Arc. Um, Xander's what James Bond yeah so. and then Buffy Buffy's Little Red Riding Hood but her basket's like full of weapons like everybody's prepared just in case, just in case. but it's that episode's hysterical because the whole time all these big like all these fears are, are everybody's like um, being attacked by their biggest fears and and when you're when you finally see this demon you think it's it's gonna be this like horrible thing and it's like this big it's like <laughs> it's like three inches tall it's just so ridiculous. You start ridiculing him. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, you are your demon. Tommy, then Kelly. All right. My favorite Halloween episode is also from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but it is not that episode. It is an episode where everyone buys costumes from a shop and all the costumes are cursed. So once a spell is uh, spoken, they all become their costumes. So Buffy becomes like a Southern debutante uh xander becomes a army general uh and willow has a ghost sheet on so she literally becomes a ghost and i think that episode is so funny and i remember the first time i watched it i was like how is buffy gonna get out of this one and basically they do by every other way by breaking a spell but it is such a funny episode fear itself is a close second though um okay yeah kelly what do you got I would have to say, I really liked, um, I was really into Psych, and um, when they did their uh, Halloween episode with uh, Scary Sherry um, with the uh, Insane Asylum, I don't know, that one, I just, I absolutely love it. Uh, it's one of the seasons that I rewatched the most, so, um, you know, that would probably be, like, up there on my favorite Halloween episode. Uh, Psych is one of those shows I've always wanted to get into. It's very funny. I just, I've always really enjoyed it. And I, I uh, think my cousin got me into it. Um, I think maybe around the third season. And I don't know. I just, uh, I, I laughed through the entire thing. I thought it was hilarious. Um, I'm trying to find the actual episode title, but I actually just rewatched it. Um, oh, I found it. Okay. So uh, I rewatched it last night because now I'm getting in the, the spirit of it. Um, it's season two, episode six of Community, which is uh, Eptimology, which is basically their zombie episode. Um, everything about this episode is amazing and, and so well, um, you know, as if any, if you've ever watched an episode of Community when it's like when it hit its stride, uh, specifically towards the end of season one into season two, um, it's a perfect perfect episode of community, a great episode of television, a great homage to um, all things zombie movies. And it's just a great 
episode of the show because it just like, you know, it further kind of deepens the relationship between Troy and Abed and gets Troy further away from the character that we meet in season one and um, some phenomenal Dean Pelton moments um, from him being dressed as Lady Gaga to hearing his his, his voice memos uh, interplaying uh, the greatest hits of ABBA. It is a such a good episode. I love that show so, so much. Uh, known for great Halloween episodes, but that one is definitely my favorite of the bunch. I'm going to cheat a little bit. Uh, I thought I could find an episode of the uh, two-season seri- two uh, spaced uh, series with Simon Pegg, but I couldn't figure out which one was the Halloween episode. So I'm going to cheat a little bit and go with Disney Plus right now. They have a great special on there right now called Muppets Haunted Mansion. Um, and that is might be the best use of the Muppets since Disney took them over because they do what they do best with the Muppets, what the Muppets do best. They drop the Muppets within existing IP. And this IP is the Haunted Mansion ride. And it's essentially just Gonzo and uh, Pepe the Prawn. And they are invited to the Haunted Mansion. And their host is Will Arnett. And especially them going through the ride, them going through the legitimate parts of the ride, including the stre- the uh, room that stretches and Madame Leota and all this cool stuff. And it's you've got some cool ca- cameos from Taraji P. Henson, uh, Craig Robinson, Pat Sajak, Danny Trejo, and they're all very small. There's a couple of really actually decent jump scares in this. And it's overall just a very fun 50 plus minute romp through this ride and the Muppets are in it and it's just it reminds you of why the Muppets are so beloved because it's just fun and clever and it's just a nice watch to get through and maybe I'm just becoming a softie because I'm old and I'm a dad but it's just a nice move with the Muppets because nothing Disney has done with the Muppets right yet has ever felt authentic it just feels like they're like the muppets are back we're rebooting the muppets and this just feels like all right they're in an ip go watch them have fun and that's essentially what that is so it's on disney plus right now go watch it it's a lot of fun so guys this was our epic halloween episode this is something i've wanted to do for a long time i'm so glad there were six of us on this podcast thank you for everyone who stayed to just listen to like some great commentary from people who actually know what they're talking about as opposed to al and i uh, so what we're going to do right now is we're going to plug people, we're going to plug our social media where people can find you guys. Al, you're out and about you're a, you had photos in a newspaper and I cannot be more excited. And if you told me you were going to put a, uh, an artist in a newspaper, Ricky Martin might not have been the person I thought, but, um, I'm also living La Vida Loca for you right now. Wow. What, what a great transition. Uh, yeah, you can uh, you can find me at Al Manorino on Twitter and Instagram. I just started shooting for another publication. Sorry, Bill, for uh, NG Deck. Yeah, I worked for that publication and recommended five years. Um, yes, very true. I um, I started shooting for NJ.com um, and my photos of Ricky Martin and Enrique Iglesias at the Prudential Center are now on NJ.com via the Star Ledger. And they were just in the Star Ledger newspaper, which was uh, really nice to see, With uh, along with a great review by uh, Bobby Oliver. Bobby Olivier. I uh, Bobby Olivier. I always call him Bobby Oliver. Bobby Olivier. You Fantastic and writer. You and everyone else in the world. And a form, an alumni of popbreak.com. Um, and where can people find you on social media if you want them to find you or if you have anything to promote? 
Um, I'm really just on Instagram. Um, it's pretty much my horror movie collection. So if you're into that, um, it's at Scarlet Jupiter. Nice. Awesome. And Tommy, where can people, you've got a couple podcasts or at least you did. Uh, and you've got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Tell people where they can find you on social. Media. Um, I am on Instagram at pop culture, Tommy. Um, I do have a wrestling podcast. It's on hold at the moment as we find a place to properly uh, record it, but I also have a new one starting at the end of the month called Listener Beware, which is my friend Mike and I uh, reading all the Goosebumps books in order. So that should be pretty fun in time for spooky season. But Pop Culture Tommy is where you can find me on Instagram, where I post all the concerts I go to, uh, Dropkick Murphy's last time, Bill, for you, uh, and all the horror movie shit that I also like. Yep. And one day you'll have me on your wrestling podcast, as I will have you on my wrestling podcast. Uh, Ben, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, uh, Instagram and Twitter uh, at BD Murkison. Uh, my Instagram is just me hiking pretty much. And uh, my Twitter is just me shouting into the void about how bad Washington is at everything. They're, they're not good, but they're not as bad as the New York football giants. Uh, Kelly, where can people find you on social media if you want them to find you? Find me on Instagram and Twitter, uh, Manic Pixie Scream Girl, respectively. You're going to need to try and uh, figure that out because some of them had to uh, be shortened a little bit because there are lots of Manic Pixie Scream Girls. But you will find me if you try. Excellent. If you must follow me on social media, my Twitter handle is at BodkinWrites, W-R-I-T-E-S, which is mostly just bullshit about pro wrestling and, most importantly, stuff about thepopbreak.com, which all these lovely people are affiliated and associated with. We have been doing this for 12 years. I am literally nuts for doing it this long uh the check us out every single day we're talking movies television music we're at concerts again safely oh just shot saint vincent in philadelphia which is super cool uh we also talk about anime comic books pro wrestling uh and digital trends uh we are on twitter at the pop break facebook right now is a bit on hold as someone hacked our fucking facebook page and uh we are at the pop break on instagram of course rate review subscribe to this podcast also check out pop break tv the Breakcast, and the winner still is and the way too early oscar podcast on apple google anchor and spotify subscribe to them great people doing great podcasts so happy Halloween, everyone, for Tommy Tracy, Ann Hale, Ben Murkison, Kelly McGovern, and Al Manorino. I'm Bill Bodkin. Thank you for joining us for the 79th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast. <laughs>